Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. Before we jump into today's episode, we're going to take a quick break here from the sponsor of the show and we'll be right back. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. You've heard me talk about the opportunity in urgent care. So VetCheck believes in the power of your capacity to influence your patients, patient families, and be a leader in your community. How they do this is by giving you the freedom to take ownership of your future to make the biggest impact in your patients' lives. They equip you with a turnkey opportunity to take action on the dream through a unique pathway to owning your own VetCheck Pet Urgent Care Center franchise. They provide a solution to remove obstacles like competing against corporate dollars in the community that you want to be in and having access to hospital ownership, medical directorship, and more. Also, you become a partner along the journey. A vet check pet urgent care center franchise is the answer. If you're interested, check out episode number 80, where I talked to Dr. Siva and he shares more about his story and the opportunity. So if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, reach out and learn how you can own your own vet check pet urgent care center franchise today by visiting vetcheckforpets.com, which again is vetcheckforpets.com. Excited for this one and wanted to um, take the, the podcast in a little bit different direction for a handful of different radio shows that'll be upcoming because I've heard from several of you and from different talks that I've given, there's still a need for like condensed and clear explanation on investment terminology and understanding. And so I'll tell you, I'm gonna do my best to keep things as jargon-free as I can and or if I use jargon, break it back down. But similar to when it might feel like you're explaining your day or why a recommendation might happen, it's gonna slip in from time to time. So bear with me. Um, I want feedback on these episodes as well because it's obviously super important to get the basics and the building blocks correct. And if you don't like these formats, tell me if it needs to go deeper. Tell me this one is going to be a little bit more basic, but I think there's something to learn likely for everyone. And what I'm going to be able to do is be able to create playlists um, on the podcast so that it can be shared out to peers, to others. It can be consumed all in an order. This is going to obviously not all be done at once. But I've done that farmland discussion, as you know, so that will be part of it. And so we're going to start with stock or equity investing, since that is the most common way most people think about investing. So the term stock or equity can be interpreted as the same thing. It's ownership in a company. If you're a practice owner, you have stock or equity in your business. If you're a medical director for a corporate practice, you might have stock or equity in all the hospitals across the country. The stock market is no different. It's fractional ownership shares in a company. Think market just as the farmer's market, right? You go, there's lots of options for purchases and some things might be what you need and others you're like, who the heck is buying that? Same thing in the stock market. Fundamentally, uh, it's a security that represents the ownership of a fraction of a corporation. This entitles the owner of the stock to be a proportional um, owner of the corporate assets and profits equal to how much they own. The units are called shares. And ownership is determined by the number of shares a person owns relative to the number of outstanding shares, which makes sense. So for example... If a company has 1,000 shares of stock and one person owns 100 shares, that person would have a claim to 10% of the company's assets and earnings. So great example of this recently has been the Twitter um, back and forth with Elon Musk getting a bigger chunk and wanting to 
kind of take it over. And so the story is still playing out. So we don't necessarily know as the recording of this podcast, how that's going to go. But that is a really good example of if you have a larger share, you get more say. So stockholders do not own corporations. They own shares issued by the corporations. This distinction is important because corporate property is legally separated from the property of the shareholders, which limits the liability of both the corporation and the shareholder. If the corporation goes bankrupt, does something sketchy, a judge may order all or some of its assets sold. Your personal assets are not at risk. That's really, really important um, to understand. Owning stock gives you the right, the right to vote in shareholder meetings, receive dividends, which are company profits, if and when they are distributed. Um, we're going to come back to this, but dividends are not this end-all be-all, and so many people focus on dividends, but we're going to come back to that. And it gives you the right to sell your shares to someone else, right? If you own your shares and you no longer are thinking that this is the right company to own, you can sell them. If you own a majority of shares, your voting power increases, so you can indirectly control the direction of the company, a la um, Elon Musk, as I was talking about earlier. And you can appoint new board directors and help shape and drive the company in a different way. So why do stocks exist? Corporations issue, sell stock to raise funds to operate their business. Makes sense, right? I want to grow. I want to buy something. I want to reinvest. Whatever it is, they're going to issue stocks. They can also issue bonds or debt. And we'll come back to bonds in another um, segment and break down what are bonds because I think that's important as well. There are two main types of stocks, common and preferred. We're only going to focus on common stock here, and I likely will never get into preferreds because it's rarely ever used. I don't see that that much. Uh, honestly, we at Vincere, my day job, we don't even ever talk about preferred shares at all. So for what it's worth, I don't think that is an area that is um, what I want to focus on. Again, you can get super nuanced and super into the weeds on different things, but I want this to be active applicable, actionable type of information. So these shares can be bought directly at a brokerage. So example, Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard, Betterment. I might go and buy one share of Disney or DIS. The DIS is called a ticker symbol. All that means is it's abbreviated text string to make finding the company easier. Um, H-A-L is Halliburton. So it's much easier to uh, type in H-A-L than Halliburton, right? So as the names and, and companies get Stranger, um, those ticker symbols are super valuable. You're basically three most common ways to own stock. You can directly hold the company. Example, I buy Disney shares on Fidelity. I buy them in an investment vehicle, like a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund called an ETF. I'm gonna do a specific episode on mutual funds and ETFs soon, because I think that is massively important. And one thing that again, is very actionable for everyone listening. For now, think of these as the box in the gift wrapping around each present. They hold the same valuable thing inside, but there are differences to the types of boxes and maybe the wrapping around that gift. Again, more to come, mutual funds and ETFs, there is a big distinction between those. So stocks can be individually owned or as an index. An index is a tracking mechanism. The uh, too long didn't read or TLDR is an index is a method to track performance of a group of assets in a standardized way Indexes typically measure the performance of a basket of securities and tend to replicate a certain area of the market. So the idea of index funds, I'll get questions. Hey, are index funds good? Well, sure. Yeah, great. Index funds are great, but what are we tracking, right? It, again, it's just a way to track a basket of securities. It's like, well, what's the index tracking? Most people are going to say, oh, index funds, they're great. And they're talking about index funds being like the S&P 500. So Again, that's an index of the 500 biggest companies in the United States. That's kind of a broad brush of how's the U.S. market doing. So many times you'll hear 
how's the market, and they're, they're referring to either the Dow Jones or the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. Dow Jones, 30 names, um, S&P 500, uh, NASDAQ, 100. NASDAQ is more tech, biotech, um, kind of growthy. Dow is kind of these older names, it's only 30, and then the S&P is 500. So typically when people say the market, they're referring to those kind of indexes. So for example, an energy index might own oil and gas companies of specific sizes and focus, allowing an investor to buy a sector or area versus trying to pick the best out of the bunch. Instead of saying, hey, I think Chevron's the right play here, let's, let's buy that. You could say, I think energy is gonna be the play because of X, Y, and Z, let's own them all. The idea here is you want exposure, and instead of being specifically wrong or right in a company, you want the larger picture to be strong so you own them all. Mutual funds, ETFs, indexes, all can be used for more than just stocks. So don't think just stock when you hear those things. Again, the gift wrapping and the boxes can hold other things. So it can be for bonds, commodities, and plenty other um, items and investment, investment types as well. So don't just equate them with stocks. I'm just introducing the terms. We can break those down later. So again, let's come back to why you would want to own stock. Stock represents a real company. Hopefully you're buying a company that is either profitable and generating cash flow or is growing so much that one day it's going to achieve profitability and provide you a really good return on your money. The reason you want to own stocks is you're able to participate in the global economic growth and increase or hopefully maintain your purchasing power of the dollars you have earned. If you just sit on your dollars, they will have historically lost value. I cover a lot of that in the inflation episode, which is 106. Highly, highly encourage everyone to listen to that episode. It is more true today than it has been at any other point. And I also dive deeper into actually what is money in uh, episode 84. The idea of being able to own stocks should scare you. It's honestly not that hard to start investing and it shouldn't scare you. It should scare you how easy it is because honestly, it's, it's very, very simple. It's not that hard. And I've had conversations with people like, it's just too difficult. I just don't know. And I don't want that to be the case, right? Like if you're listening to this, you can do it. You are way, way too intelligent to not be able to do it. You can do it. And it has gotten so much easier and the costs have come down so much. So there's never been a better time to be an investor. Now the challenge is there's just more information than ever and so many things thrown at you and distilling it down to what matters. That's the biggest piece, I think, in today's day and age is, is seeing what is garbage and ignoring it and then what is kind of the signal and focusing on that. The area that you most likely will start owning stocks is in your 401k through your employer. They will offer mutual funds and usually index funds. Again, recall indexes are simply a basket of tracking uh, a group of something. A stock index fund is just a basket of a lot of US or foreign stock. The names can get busy with financial word vomit, um, but just remember you're owning ownership stake in um, a company that's issued shares with millions of employees around the world. They're working and creating value that you get to participate in and you know, wherever you're at. So for me in Indianapolis, Indiana, I can own companies that are doing work all over the world with millions of smart people doing awesome stuff, which is amazing. It's actually fascinating when you stop to think about how cool it is that you can own portions of companies doing all these amazing things around the world. The other thing that's come up is you can actually then start to think about what do I want to support? What is important to me and what is not important to me? And what do I not want to support? And again, each and every person is going to have their own views on that, but you can actually kind of guide your money or something that's called like impact investing. Things that I put my money in that I want to have an impact on the world or an impact on a company or an area of the world. And that's pretty cool. So that is kind of the for, first foray into stocks. And here's where I need some help from you. So I'm going to keep these shorter than like a normal episode 
going to keep them bite-sized and they're going to build on each other so that someone could kind of listen to these and really grow in their knowledge pretty quickly. So what I want to understand is, okay, do we want to keep going deeper from here? Is this too high level? What questions are there? And if they're good questions, which all questions are good, I can then answer them in subsequent episodes. So thank you so much for listening and providing any feedback, whether it's positive and negative. If you don't like these, I love hearing that too, because I want to make sure that the show is something that is beneficial. So it's not that we're going to stop doing um, interviews because I think that is the main focus of the show. Just when there are um, radio shows, I want to break it down into things like this to draw, to dive deeper into uh, certain areas around investing because I think there's a, it's a big gap of education there. So with that, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and uh, enjoy it. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review that'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast platform platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you. You'll be in. And then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.